Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of Long Live Play, the assumed number one Australian PlayStation podcast on the internet, hosted by myself, Govinda Whitehurst, and the donkey to my Shrek, Mr. Kale Adam Agan. I'm a morning person, so I'm going well. We're doing things a little differently today. Oh, you're caffeinated? I am. You've evacuated? I'm fresh. You're feeling good? Not evacuated yet, but soon. Um, I'm sorry, did you lie to me earlier this morning? Because um, I called you and you told me I poo. That's that is the that is the reply I got. Horrible slander. Horrible. <laughs> I will fucking post screenshots if I have to. Don't you dare drag my name through your shit. We're recording a lot earlier today, in case you couldn't tell, <laughs> uh, to accommodate some people's schedules. It's just oh, how look, these things work. We're not quite uh, living off this yet, so uh, some of us have to go to work. <laughs> Uh, but it's been a good week. Uh, we're back. We're back always, weekly. You got any anecdotes? Until we're for not me? any any anecdotes. Any fun? Um, no, 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 not really. I I'm just really working until I get two weeks off, which is going to be fantastic. Hey, actually, real quick, what are you doing like this weekend? You Probably know what? Not, not this weekend. What? Are you, how are you doing like Monday next week? Monday, Tuesday. Maybe working. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. <laughs> I don't know. We can work it out. <laughs> let's do it right now on the air. I think this is a good time to hash this out. <laughs> uh, no, I'm kidding. But let's do that. I want to finish Resident Evil. Okay. That sounds good. But I, as of Thursday, I'm off for like three weeks almost. That's so good. I'm so jealous. I'm excited. I'm fucking excited. Can you tell? We can play tennis and I can beat you there. You never... Oh, okay. Once. You've once beat me at tennis. I believe I'm up right now. You're not. I am. You're absolutely not. <laughs> this is not a way for you to just lie to the people, Kale. <laughs> they want to know. We played tennis many times. Mm. You were getting lessons. I have never had lessons mm. and I've won every time except once. Look, it's not about that. It's about the... It is about that and it's about you lying about that it's to make about... yourself feel better on the air. Who looks best? on the court and that's it's me. not you it's me it's never you you come dude. out there with your busted ass body you've got everything strapped up like you're some yeah kind baby of... and you know what <laughs> it works because you lose a lot and, I and su- watching you serve is the most painful experience of my life you fear that serve i don't fear that serve that serve has nothing on it <laughs> it's a too slow that's the fear i have that i have to come too close to the net <laughs> to return it <laughs> This is this is irrelevant, Kavinda. This is I irrelevant. We don't talk about we don't talk about real games on this podcast. <laughs> we talk about video games. That's right. Sport is ridiculous. And also, what you you stayed up too late watching the cars again. The cars. The cars. Yes, I did. I did start watching Formula One. I don't think there's ever been a time I've stayed up to watch Formula One that I have seen the race finish and the same night. That's fair enough. I always fall asleep. <laughs> So I was up again at 5.30 this morning, finishing said race. Yeah. Because I've gotten really good at just avoiding all socials until it's done. Well, that's, that's a skill. There is a skill. I've learned through many years of watching American football and Formula One, I, I know when not to look. I've managed that for games. I guess that's where my interests are. Like, what, Wait, what do you, like, what do you mean like, games? Say like E3. Say there's like, you know, news stories being announced. I've gotten pretty good at hiding from those, which I suppose... What are you is- hiding for? Like... You don't want to see things get announced? Like, I'm confused f- by I this. I want to learn about them on the ground of my choosing, at the time and place of my choosing. I don't want to see a little okay. reference. There's, I don't think there's really a parallel here between my sports getting ruined. Oh my God, it's happening again. My favorite thing ever. <laughs> Everyone who's listening to this, <laughs> Kale's dog is in the back of his FaceTime fucking his pillow. <laughs> yep, he's no. under the pillow. And it's Kale's pillow too. It the is one my that he slept on last night. <laughs> Here's the thing. The sausage dog, Napoleon... <laughs> Oh, uh, that's going up on Instagram. We Leon for short. That. <laughs> I love that I'm in my bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he's uh, been he's been fixed. We took his manhood from him. We think maybe it didn't totally take, and there's a little <laughs> a little like a little skerrick of testicle is still there. Yeah, because occasionally he and I discussed this with you before. The the sex with the pillow is the prelude to him destroying the pillow because he feels a Catholic guilt. I have to assume. Catholic guilt. Yeah. Wait, so you're saying it's a Catholic thing to fucking fight? It's a Catholic thing to destroy evidence. Destroy of your guilt. everything you fuck. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> 
Look, I'm not going to speak to Oh our... my god, what a fucking derail this is taking. What a, where, where are we right now? What, I don't know. What are I we talking know. about? Uh, let's, we... Uh, let's move right into what we're playing, because I think we've derailed this long enough. This is true. Um, Kale, Kale surprised me this week when he told me yesterday that he has almost finished The Outer Worlds, while I still am not nearly finished The Outer Worlds. I will. Look, that could have been a classic Kale overstatement of the fact. I don't actually know how close I am to the end. I feel like I'm getting there, though. Um, Do you know where you are? Like, what planet? I just got to Byzantium. Ah, uh, okay. So I think, because that's the one where you need to get the seal for the dude on the board, so he can give you a, like, the little the flight pass thingy to... I did the, the big... key, sorry. Yeah, I did the big planet, Monarch. Spent a lot of time there. A lot I of time Monarch there. Yet. I think that's where I'm going. But I, I think I've unlocked them simultaneously, because I went to that chick where you have to buy all those keys and stuff off her. Oh, you know what? No, I'm quite a bit further than you then. Because you need to have... Uh... <laughs> this is getting too in- inside baseball, but yeah, okay, I'm, I'm further than you. Quite a bit. Wait, no, what do you mean? Get inside baseball. Um, so you need to do a whole bunch of shit with several factions on Monarch before you're able to go back and see the Phineas dude, and he lets you go to, uh, Byzantium. He gives you a key. So you got Wait, a lot of shit who's the, do. who's the, the board member that gave me the key? I swear he gave me a key to Byzantium. I got a nav key from him because I had to buy the seal from her to give back to him, and then he was like, oh, thanks, and he gives me a nav key. Maybe I'm confused with where yeah, I'm going. Yeah, I don't know. Cause you, get... you know the guy I'm talking about though, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I do. No, you're definitely confused. You're talking about, uh, Monarch. Uh, maybe I'm talking about Monarch. Okay, well, fuck me, dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, you actually, it was you mentioning it on this show. I was like, I own that game. I bounced off it. I will say, though, I'm playing on the survival difficulty again. You're a monster. Just, why? But do I pushed through. I figured it out. What I, did you figure out? I learned. If only I could, like, put this aptitude to anything meaningful in my life. I learned how to create a build which boosts your companions, stops them dying immediately. Now yeah, that's like, what I said to you last time. Basically, I just um, rushed a certain Because there's stat. a lot of... Well, there's... Uh, I, actually, I said the opposite. Because there are builds where you get bonuses for being alone. Yeah, I went the other way. Hard. And then there are builds that you can boost the companions. Mm. Did you just do the, the companion build, like the bottom stats? Just Literally to... got both of them to 100 before doing anything else. Oh, interesting. So they just like... Really... They just kick the shit out of everything and it's so good. <laughs> yeah, I should maybe do that because my companions are absolute hot street trash, but that's because like both of those things are like 18. Well, that'll do <laughs> it. Really bad. But yeah, God, it's such uh, a good game. Like it's really scratching that Fallout itch that I've been wanting. Like, Yes, it is. Yeah. I will say that I don't care about the world or the characters. See, I do. I mean, not, it's not as Like I in did depth. in Fallout. Yeah, that's it. It's not as in depth, but it's like the humor I like. Which was an interesting thing, because I've noticed, like, I used to not really like funny games, but I'm, I'm kind of used opening... to not like funny games. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'd kind of prefer something serious, like when they're, like... That's fair. ...making fun of themselves and the mechanics except, and... Except either of the South Park games, because they are funny and amazing. I only played the first one. Oh, well. Yeah, I know. You should actually... You should loop back around. Yeah, maybe I will. The Fractured Butthole is uh, pretty chill. And that truly is the greatest little more, A little more balanced than the... Th- the first one. The first one had a few little, like, things you could just exploit and be un- indestructible, like, unbeatable. Yeah, yeah, interesting. And it was like, you could just stack bleed and, like, crazy stuff at the end of the game, and it was, like, you couldn't be touched. Although I guess you could just play as a black character and just make it harder. <laughs> That's right, they did do that, didn't they? <laughs> they did do that, yeah. Alright, well, it's a good game. I, uh, I'm not, like, in love with it. I'm having mm. a decent time. I think it's just... I don't know quite what it is, and I feel sim- similarly to the, the first time I tried to play this, where I'm like, I can't really fault it too much, but I'm really not, like, super drawn into it. Something, yeah, something clicked for me, because that's exactly how I was feeling the first time around, and now I'm like, I will finish it. Hopefully, yeah, in the next couple of days, I might just try and, like, mainline it. I- I've done as much side questing as I think I want to. I get to this point where I'm just like, alright, we're on rails now, we're just gonna smash right on through. <laughs> That's maybe my problem too, because I'm literally at a point now where I can just keep doing the story, but instead I'm like, let me clear my side quests. Yeah. And I spend a lot of time doing that, and I think I'm just going to start mainlining it a little bit more. It's such a weird mix of like Fallout New Vegas and Bioshock. The environmental storytelling is really good. Like you can kind of like pick up on things going on in places and I don't know, there was this one cool side mission. I don't know if you've gotten to it vague without being too specific, but like where you end up in a house with a bunch of cannibals. And again, it's not like super in-depth. It's like literally takes you five minutes, but it's just like... I don't know if I have done that. Yeah, I don't know. There's just some cool situations. 
And I just love the uh, bleakness of it all. The uh, indentured servitude to these companies <laughs> that everyone is in. Like, I feel like this game's been out long enough, so we can kind of talk about it a little bit more spoilery. But what did you do with the first decision? Like, did you shut down the plant and give all the power to the, the, other, the deserters? Um, yeah, like the people in the botanical garden. Oh, I yeah. gave the power to the botanical garden. Oh, interesting, because that's what I did my first time, and I thought I'd mix it up. So this time I, I gave the power to the plant... But I made the dude leave, the guy that runs the plant. Isn't it funny how the... many options there are? Um, yeah, because I, look, I, you just talk to a few people and everyone's talking like, if you do this, you will harm way more people if you give the power to the botanical garden group. Yeah. And so eventually I just went with Pavati because I think she's the one who was against you giving the power to the botanical gardens. And so I gave it to the plant and then found out that there was just a way that I, my speech is really good. Like I usually in games like this, I boost like my my persuasion or whatever it is and my charm. And so then I just walked straight back into the plant. I, look, I talked to the dude and I was like, dude, you fucked up. You got to go. Like you have to just leave. And he was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay, bye now. It, they do such a good job of making it grey because, yeah, there's the, the town and they're obviously, like, exploiting the workers, working them to hell. They all eat this horrible, shitty tuna all day. They're like, getting, like, really sick and only people that are working hard enough get medicine. Yeah, it's like ultimate meritocracy where they're like, if yeah. you're not pulling your weight, you're not worth saving. And so, yeah, the conundrum is there's a group of workers that have left. They've gone into the wilderness. They're happy and they're, like, living a healthy life, but they're sort of outside of the company and they've been, like, left behind. And, yeah, the choice is which one you divert power from and essentially shut down the other one. I took the botanical garden and what happens there is the company cuts their losses and, like, it's done. So a few people, (laughs) that's what they say, they're like, a few people will go into the wilderness and live in the the other settlement. Some will starve, the others will be killed by bandits. So ultimately, like, I thought what I did was the right choice, but it had the wrong outcome. Yeah. Because, yeah, they're not big enough to support a population in the wilderness. (laughs) And I like that they have that kind of, like, uh, I guess it is a little bit of greenness, but the, the part where they... Like, she ends up being able to grow food on a planet where they thought they couldn't grow food, and then you find out it's because she's digging up bodies and using them as fertilizer. See, I actually didn't even get that deep. Oh, wow. There yeah, is... so that's how she makes... That's how she's been making food, is that See, she's that's using how dead it, yeah. bodies that have died from, like, the plague <laughs> that they're having to then make the soil fertile enough. That's funny. The other angle, too, is that the woman running the agricultural little village thing she hates the dude personally that's running the town and it's almost like a bit of a vendetta so yeah that is interesting that's quite deep i hope you do keep going then because the next one is like quite interesting too there's a pretty no like i'll i'll definitely finish it it's just because like what else am i gonna play (laughs) well that's true That's true. That's actually it's, uh, a... it's just interesting. I actually thought that you definitely would have known about the the fertilizer thing because that was a not a big part of it, but it was definitely a bit of a reveal. What I think, and a... it was interesting because she does hate that dude, and then that's why I just walked up to him and was like, "You you blew it, and you need to leave." <laughs> and he was like, "Okay." What I think it was was I've played that first part maybe like three or four times, so I did kind of just like shoot through it to get to the yeah yeah the next part. Speaking of what we're gonna play next. I'm going to try and wrap up The Outer Worlds, hopefully this week, but we'll see how it goes. Um, You probably will. It's not super long from what I can tell. Yeah, I think it can be if you want it to be, though. Maybe if you do everything, but I think every time I've heard anything about it, it's like maybe 30 hours. Yeah, see, I thought like 20, but I feel like I'm at probably 15, and I feel like there's still a lot to go. So yeah, maybe you're right. But I think what I'll jump into next is the uh, big, hot, new Japanese role-playing game. All the kids are talking about Scarlet Nexus, which I played the demo of. It's one of those games where, like, there's two characters to see the full story. you got to play both of them. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. <laughs> it's kind of surprisingly good. It looks incredible. As we discussed last week, I love the Tales franchise. And this team, they're um, under the Bandai Namco banner now, but they're actually made up of former developers of Tales of Vesperia, which is considered one of the best. Yeah, look, we needed one weeb on this podcast, and I'm glad it's you. <laughs> you ain't got what's no time the... for that. Oh, dude, I, I like. What's the what's the go? What sort of game are we talking about right so now? So it's like um, it's like near automata uh, to be like to be quick, like action. Yeah, very quick. action RPG kind of. Yep, very stylish. Um, it's got this whole thing like it's about these weird creatures invading from another dimension. They look like plants, weird plants. But it's like, it's all about like your people have psychic powers and you're on like this super anime team of like psychic soldiers and it's just yeah, okay. super so over the top. 
Yeah, okay. I'm actually, while you're talking, I'm <laughs> looking at the uh, launch trailer to get a bit of an idea. Oh, it's... Uh, very, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, mm-hmm. we're teens, yeah. we're hot, oh, yeah. this we're is saving very, the world. Yeah. It's, it's a great time. <laughs> yeah, anime, uh, something dimensional. Mm. Uh, yep, uh-huh. Oh, yep. This but, is a Japanese. Yeah. You can confirm. But the, uh, the combat is awesome. Like, it, it's super fast-paced. Uh, it looks like it's quite deep. The sort of, like, the upgrading equipment management and things. But I don't know. Like, the psychic powers, it makes it feel like it's, um... It's like Control. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because I played Control a little bit. I didn't play like, heaps, but yeah, okay. It does some really cool things with the triggers, too. Like, when you're, um... Yeah, like, levitating things and using them in combat. You can, like, use your mind to, like, pull these creatures in half. Oh, literally, as you said that, I'm watching him use his mind to pull creatures around. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's super satisfying, and I think... Do you have, like, a rough playtime? Like, how long it t- does it take to get through? I think it's, like, 20 for each character. I just sometimes see these, like, JRPGs or whatever, and it's like, oh, yeah, you can... Yeah, it's 150 hours. <laughs> you're like, I'm, I'm too old for that. I, I don't think, have the time for honestly, that Honestly, since, like, Persona 5, I don't think there's really been one. I was going to say, I, I had a counteroffer for you, because I was like, how about you just finish Persona 5? Well, I'll get there, but there's this new hotness, and as I've told you and my wife, Persona 5 is my nothing game. It's when there's nothing else out. So There's always something out. Exactly. <laughs> there's always something out. Exactly. <laughs> what if you don't finish it by the end of the year? Do I get anything? No. Why would okay. you? Just check it. No, it's fine. Outrageous. I, know, I, was just, I was hoping it would be like some sort of motivation for you. So let's let's see. Let's let this be a written record. I finish the Outer Worlds. I move into Scarlet Nexus. Maybe I can talk about it a little next week, depending on how life goes. Yeah, look, we'll see how we go. I honestly, at this point, I, I just play Chivalry 2 and the Outer Worlds. And, and until <laughs> Outer Worlds is done, it, it's going to stay that way. So and I've really be. fallen off the uh, Disco Elysium train. Yeah. But I all need to get back on. It's just It's just a lot of reading. It's you got to be reading. in a you got to be in a mood for it, and I get real sleepy because I'll play it at night, and I'll get real sleepy because it's not like a very like not, okay. I don't want to say it's not engaging, but it's just yeah. Not, I know what you mean. It's not physically you know, it's, engaging. It's not like a lot of mental capacity, other than like you make the decision and then walk around and look for things to interact with. It's not like a I'm dodging bullets and you know you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Speaking like, of dodging bullets, I have not played Returnal since the patch. Oh yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. I haven't done that. Probably won't. Something I did do, and maybe you can help me with it, because I, I am weak. Uh, I did just download Demon Souls again. Oh. If you want to help a brother out. <laughs> Look, maybe. But we can talk about this later. Yeah, I've got um, plans that I just outlined. Chivalry 2. I'm just going to keep talking about this until I'm sick of it. I'm glad you're there. Like, I'm glad that this worked What a out. fun game that it is, hey. <laughs> when you get on a good run, it can be frustrating because we were having some frustration last night. Yeah. But for everyone who saw my sick video on Instagram, <laughs> <laughs> that is how good it can be, you know? Yeah. It's funny how far you've come in this last week too, like, cause now it's to the point where like, it's quite an aggressive game that we play together. <laughs> it's like, it gets the blood up. The blood boils, the blood cools, and then it boils again. Yeah. Last night was frustrating. There was some frustrating moments, but I had some good games where it's like a lot of kills. I know it's good because it's a multiplayer game that for one, I'm still playing. This is weeks now. I'm still playing it fairly consistently. And when you finished up last night, I was still so fired up. I had to jump back in for like another... I only played like a half a game, but like I wasn't done. And it was like 11.30 at night already. You just needed another hit straight into the veins. Well, what it was, was I'd customised my armour and I needed to see it. (laughs) The armour that I'd never see. see. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you can play third person, but I've never done. I'm actually interested to give that a go. I can't imagine that being good, but Why? who knows? I don't know. It's so precise that... I just... I just think it might be... No, I think it might help, though, because, like, you're doing these big sweeping motions where you have to, like, drag the camera away from what you're hitting, mm. and I feel like you could do that better and still see what's happening. Yeah. I, I drag sometimes a little too far, and I just miss the hit altogether. So I'm interested to try it in, in third person, but Chivalry 2 is just so fun. I do hope we get a new map soon. Me too. I actually would hope that they drop, like, a map pack. No, apparently they're just going to do one at a time. Yeah, look, okay, as long as it's, like, objective-based and not, like, the team deathmatch maps that are just, like, an open field. Yeah, I'm getting a bit over them. We were talking about that last night. Not even over them. I was having a great time as an archer on that map. Like, it was was a good time. (laughs) 
But anyway, I'm just that's going to continue being on my list of things I've played. So get used to hearing about it. <laughs> There'll be updates. There'll be updates. It'll <laughs> no, get the more... updates won't be much. It'll just be like it's still fun. Yeah, it'll be granular. You'll be like, so I'm still playing as the footman. I've unlocked the uh, the two-handed spear, which is very nice. <laughs> no, the two-handed spear is what I unlocked, and it is very nice. It is. We we have a poke, as we say. We love having a good old poke. <laughs> Look, I think Grab we that need spear to... in two hands and poke away. We need to move into the news before this right. fucking derails further. All right, all right. Why are you yelling? Am I? Uh, yeah, dude, stop yelling at me, man. It's fine. Let's go into the news that we care about. Quick update. Leon is certainly ashamed of himself. He doesn't seem to be humping anything anymore. Seems to be going to sleep, which I can relate to. So it means he finished on your pillow and now he's <laughs> sleepy. <laughs> We're going to find out, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> all right. If you thought last week's bizarre Blue Box Studios saga was over, you had better think again. In a video posted to Twitter, the mysterious man himself addressed the allegations that he and famed auteur Hideo Kojima are one and the same person. In the video, he states, Hello everyone, this is Hassan Karaman. Just wanted to do a really quick video to show myself I am a real person. I'm not really associated with Hideo Kojima, I'm not an actor, I'm not working on Silent Hill. So yeah. I just wanted to show you guys my face and that I'm real and hopefully we'll do a Q&A very soon. We just have to figure out when that will be and we'll talk more. End quote. It's so funny, this saga, because this only makes me think it's fake even more. <laughs> oh, even more. If someone has to go, uh, I'm not an actor, nah, you're out. <laughs> it's just... Of course, go back and listen if you didn't. This is a whole saga that we can't get into now, but it's... It's too weird. It's too... I don't believe it, dude. Like, honestly, give me your phone. I'll jump on your Twitter and I'll post a video being like, Hi, everyone. This is Kale here. Like, this proves literally nothing. No. I need, I need passports. I need birth certificates. It's funny, though, because the narrative is changing. Like, now people are like, going, oh, no. So, yeah, totally. Like, all that other stuff is irrelevant. That doesn't matter. He proved it. He's there. You're like, no, 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 no. What about the translation thing? That's too weird. Like, wh- what about what about the app that's supposedly coming out in a few days? Like, why doesn't Naughty Dog oh. have that? Like, wh- what's going when, on? When is this app coming out? Uh, it was pushed. I actually don't have that information for you in front of me. In front you of me. are such a disappointment to me. Well, that was a... Th- I, l- <laughs> I leave you one task on this show, and that is it, and you didn't do it. That was a throwaway reference to last week, and you expect me to have that shit on hand? While my dog has sex with my pillow right now? Don't bring it up if you don't have the info. We'll talk about this off the air, okay? I'm actually really pissed off at you right now, Kale. You're all right. Um, so that's the thing. My favorite part about this is it, it literally came out the day we posted the last episode. It is embarrassing for us. But... Which I thought was really funny. <laughs> yeah, it, it felt was... like we were instantly we were instantly behind the curve, the behind the ball, prob- behind the whatever. We were just behind. I probably spent more than an hour building that news story and like presenting the case that this was all rock solid and real. And the very like the episode goes live, and we're, it's just like I think honestly, like because it went live at like six a.m. is when we we had it post, and I'm pretty sure that this video was out at like four a.m. Yeah, it sucked. It did suck. I actually saw it before our episode went live too. I was like, well, this freight train's in motion now. (laughs) But look, at least we have an update now. Um, I still think that this is bullshit. I don't think the person in that video is a person named Hassan Karaman. And I uh, watch this space because it's a web of lies. Here's something to consider. If he is, and look, here's the thing. This probably is a real person named Hassan Karaman. Just because, you know, the simplest explanation is often whatever that... Oh, that's butchering that. Uh, oh, well, that was bad. <laughs> uh, but, uh. But, just, <laughs> but just say this is like what it appears to be. This is just a marketing team that's just gone too far with this. What's the reception going to be? What if this comes out and it is just a game called... It's not Silent Hill. It's called like Survival. Right? What happens then? Do people fucking pan this game? Even though it's not... I mean, it's a little bit the developer's fault. Well, you know what? I think it's a little bit the developer's fault. There's a few things that that make me feel like this is all still fake. And the biggest one is that there is no one that works at Blue Box Studios. Yeah, well, you haven't heard from anyone else. Like, where... The studio doesn't have anyone that works there, apparently. I'm very interested to see how this all resolves. I hope it is Silent Hill, or Silent Hills, but, uh... I guess we just have to wait and see. I think it is. And we'll find out more later, I'm sure. Because what, Kojima's just doing the director's cut of Death Stranding and we have no news about any other game. Yeah. 
Yeah, there are yeah. like some weird little rumors that he might actually be doing something for Xbox. Uh, I didn't include that. How fucking dare he? I mean... Do you know what? He he owes his whole fucking life to PlayStation. <laughs> he would betray us like that. I don't know. Well, the, <laughs> the sad thing is Death Stranding didn't do so hot. They never released numbers, which PlayStation does if a game performs well. It was a weird art project that I loved, but... Yeah, but it's uh, it's kind of boring. And a similar problem I have with uh, Disco Elysium, I have with Death Stranding, is Mm. that I would struggle to stay awake playing it if I play it at night. It's a lot of just like, put a lot of stuff on your back, walk really carefully and slowly, and then don't don't fall over, and then, yep, drop it off, cool, and then go do that again. Yeah. I'm I'm obviously like simplifying this dramatically. There's more to it than that, but that's essentially what it is. I would, I suppose, like, the opposition to that is, like, in a million games, I've been playing video games my whole life, I've walked around countless worlds and maps, and this game is the first one to ever make that interesting. More than just moving a stick in a direction, like, there's actually yeah, yeah. a tactic to walking. There is, right? You've got and to, you like, can see the terrain levels, yeah. He, he's great at that, at, like, really but, getting into something so basic and making it interesting. But that's because that is the game. Like the game is walking, so you have to lo- you have to make it interesting in some way. Yeah. Whereas in other games, the game's not walking. Walking is just a part of the game. I don't know if you ever finished but, it, but like it gets no, hectic. Like once it, there's a point where you got to like cross these mountains. It's really difficult. Something Japanese games do that I really don't like mm. is is grading you after each mission. And I don't know why I don't like it. Yeah, I get that. But I don't like Metal Gear does it, this does it, and I just don't know why they do it. It just seems unnecessary. It's like a holdover from the arcade days. Yeah, yeah, I know. And I, I, it's something that does, and I saw it happen after the first one. I was like, oh, really? Yeah, it just makes you feel bad. I don't want you to tell me how ineffective I was at transporting these boxes. (laughs) And it's like if you get a B, you're like, well, do I just move on or do I try it again? Like, it's. Oh, you just you just move on. But even like Metal Gear, like Metal Gear Solid Five was so good. But I hated that they would grade me for missions and like some of the trophies were like get an S rank on. I'm like no. I actually challenge that. I don't think in retrospect, I don't think Metal Gear Five was a great game. It certainly wasn't finished. That, it wasn't finished. That no, whole no, no, last okay, chapter was cut out. <laughs> great gameplay. Yeah, there you go. I'll give you that. But the gameplay was redonk. Like I had the funnest time playing that game. The story, the story was hot and, garbage. Like, Awful. Didn't make any sense. I hadn't. I couldn't tell you anything from that story at all. All you need to know is private military corporations. That's it. <laughs> Sniper with boobs that drank um, water through her skin. That's why she had to dress like that. Do you remember? This oh whole my thing? god! What a segue. Flat out like a lizard drink, and we found out the lizards drink through their skin. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Really quick aside, uh, one of Kale's friends had a correction for us from the episode where we spoke about flat out like a lizard drinking. Uh, and it's not because lizards drink quickly, it's because they drink through their skin. I'm just going to say that Baden is going to be very disappointed that you didn't refer to him as your friend as well, your one-time co-worker. Baden, can I be honest, bud? It's been so long, I couldn't even tell you what you look like. <laughs> well, that's just rude. That's incredibly rude. It's not rude. It's just the truth. And if the truth is rude, then I guess I'm rude. You know? We need to move not along, look. Govinda. <laughs> we digress. The first two entries in the Dead Space franchise are considered by many to be amongst the finest survival horror games ever created. The first in particular. We don't talk about the third. But since the release of the lackluster Dead Space 3 back in 2013, the series has laid dormant. But if rumours are to be believed, we could see a return of the series sooner rather than later. First reported by GamesBeat, and later corroborated by Eurogamer and Gamatsu, it seems that a reveal event is imminent with the project in development at studio EA Motive. According to Industry Scuttlebutt, the next Dead Space will be a reimagining rather than a sequel or a remake. Interesting. Very interesting. I very much like the first, and particularly the second Dead Space. I was going to say... Uh, I was too scared to play the first one. I bought it at full price, played it for about 15 minutes and just said, no, thank you. This is too scary for me. <laughs> I can't I can't remember if I even finished the second one. I have, a, I have a suspicion I got to a particular part in the second one that frustrated me to abandon the game. Interesting. I even tried the platinum. It had a notoriously uh, brutal platinum where I think you had to beat the whole game on the hardest difficulty and you could only save three times. And it was, a, it was like a... 14 hour game or something 
but there was a whole cottage industry of like where you should save and which parts were the most difficult. And like if you yeah you die, you might have to play four hours again. Play four hours again, yeah. Oh, no, not for me. Yeah, they're the sort of trophies that I'm just not about. But it's the same with Bioshock. I think you did the Bioshock one, didn't you? The no um, Vita chambers. Yeah, that's easier than you think. Yeah, I know, because you can save as many times as yeah. you like. But even, I don't know, I just saw it and I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. You also just don't die that much when you've played a game that much. Like, you know where the big fights are. It's just before the big daddies you're going to maybe die. Yeah, it's true. And you eventually, like, you just know where things will be. Yeah. Yeah, Dead Space. Like, the second one for me was what I want, which is a little bit blasphemy to purists. Cause it went- a little bit more action. Yeah, but not. it didn't go all the way balls to the wall like the third one. I don't know if you ever saw that one, but it was ridiculous. Like, it was yeah, no. I, it's, I guess to a lesser extent kind of how Resident Evil has gone. I guess not recently, but like Resident Evil 6 and 5 actually like really skewed away from like the yeah. horror side and went way, way heavy into action. Just because it's on my mind, like I think the biggest, like the best parallel would be like Mass Effect 1 to 2, where they kind of like, the first one was really onto something, but the second... At least for me, they kind of streamlined it and made it flow a little better. Yeah, I guess that went less RPG, more action. Yeah. This is interesting. Again, we're going to have to play this together, whatever this ends up being, because these games are fucking terrifying. Even the second one. (laughs) No, we don't have to play it together. Yeah, we do. All right. I know you're going to like this one, Govinda. So it's one of those weeks where rumors are swirling all around because we have more hearsay and conjecture on which to speculate. How does this little factoid grab you by the gonads, Govinda? Ghost of Tsushima might just be getting a standalone story expansion. Fuck yes. (laughs) Dude. It's grabbing the gonads hard. In the good way. Continue. Titled Ghost of Ikishima, it'll supposedly take place on the Japanese island of Iki, which is south of Tsushima, just off the coast of mainland Japan. What's more, it is allegedly on track to launch later this year. The Year of Our Lord, 2021 BCE. Ghost of Ikishima will allegedly feature heavily at the next State of Play event, whenever that might happen to be. Again, this is unsubstantiated, but there's a few people picking up on this stuff. And it makes sense. Uh, It makes sense because, you know, Sucker Punch has a history of standalone expansions. Like, Infamous had... First Light. (laughs) Yeah, that's the one. Last Light? Oh, I can't remember. I platinumed it. Infamous First Light. I think it is First Light. Yeah, I think it might be. I something light. First or last, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, there was that one. I I played that, but that was a that was a little bit of a different experience because it felt a lot more just like a more arcadey. Yeah, it was vibe. But also PlayStation's like this. You say standalone story experience or a standalone game? Like, is it going to be like a Lost Legacy? Yeah, Lost or Legacy. You, or is it going to be like a like an actual? You need to own the original to then add that isn't clear but from what i gathered putting this together it's going to be yeah like a lost legacy thing so sold at a lower price um built on yeah, the same like a 30 30 40 game yeah yeah i'm all for it i'm so ready the further away i get from finishing tsushima the more i like it and i, the, I think back i'm like fuck it was good again that's another one i never finished i only got like halfway that's crazy, through crazy dude i just don't understand that maybe i that gotta game... maybe i gotta get back there Look, there was some. It wasn't perfect, right? There were things that always kind of bothered me, and I feel like the traversal was one of them, where it wasn't as like elegant as I might have liked. Yeah, like getting onto roofs and jumping off stuff. Like it just didn't feel great all the time there. And there was this weird thing where every time I walked into a building, it was too dark and I couldn't see anything. I think I had that too. Yeah, I think a lot of people. That did. might I be think a it was HDR just thing or something. Possibly, or it was just. I don't know, maybe that's just what they wanted. I just felt weird. Every time I walked into a building, I was like, what the fuck? Where am I? Um, <laughs> Where am I? Where am but I? But what a good game. Just like the combat alone was just so satisfying. Yeah. And the yeah. story was kind of interesting and cool too. Like, Oh, it was great. What a platinum. What a journey. I got one more little morsel for you. Again, allegedly, Ghost of Tsushima could be coming to PC. Uh, the retail box art for the game has been updated with the only on PlayStation tagline being removed and the cooperative Legends mode being advertised prominently, which has led to this speculation. The same was true of both Horizon Zero Dawn and Days Gone when they made the jump to PC. This would make sense, as the first-party games making the jump to PC seem to have something in common. They're all new IP and don't require a prospective PC gamer to be familiar with the PlayStation platform's legacy. We had Death Stranding, then Horizon Zero Dawn, and most recently Days Gone, all of which marked new starts for studios known for serialized franchises. 
What do you think about that little... I actually never connected those dots. That, like, none of them have... Like, it's not like they released Uncharted 4 on PC. It's true. Yeah, although apparently yeah. that is... Well, again... Well, we if don't they're going to sure. port it, I imagine they'll port the collection first. You'd have to, wouldn't you? Like, it's a big ask to be like, here's the fourth game. <laughs> in a direct... <laughs> Fairly direct. Which is tough, because if people play that game series in order, they will not get past the first game. No. Yeah, it's so hard. Because it is a rough... A, there's a very big difference between Uncharted and Uncharted 2. That could be a reason why a lot of the smart money was on God of War being the next first-party game to come to PC. And it, That would make sense. It's because like a reboot. It is a reboot, but at the same time, that might scare people off. Because you're like, well, I have heard of God of War for the last 15 years. Like, I don't think that would happen with God of War. I think people will he be like, oh, look at these fucking reviews for this game. I don't know what's on Metacritic, but I'm sure it's in the 90s and, okay, yeah, we'll play this. Yeah. doesn't have a number on it. It's just God of War. I don't think you'd scare too many people off just because they've heard of God of War before. Because what they would have heard for the last three years is that it is one of the games of the century. I suppose we haven't really touched on this, but do you care? A lot of uh, PlayStation fans get weirdly upset and disturbed that their first party exclusives are coming to PC. I've seen a lot of that on- online. I certainly don't give a shit. There might have been a time in my life where I did, but no, I don't anymore. Um, no, I don't. I don't care. Mainly because I don't give a shit and I've already <laughs> played them mostly and I played them years ago. Mostly because I have a life. <laughs> yeah. Mostly because like, do I still get to play them? Yeah. Oh yeah. Cool. What you're forgetting, Govinder, is that now someone else gets to play them, and that takes what? away from the fact that only you previously can got. Just to a play. quick question, because I, I I get a little bit confused on this subject sometimes. Mm. Um, PlayStation, Sony, Sony, and PlayStation, right? Yeah. Um, are are they a a company? Is that a business? Oh yeah, they are. <laughs> business. Okay, and just really quickly, ideally, like to make money in a games business, mm. do you want people to buy and play the game? Or do you want to not have that happen? <laughs> the, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. At the start there, the sarcasm was so slight that I almost thought you were serious. <laughs> but I got there. At the end of the day, I, I've, I've, I've probably said it before and I will probably say it again. If they make more money, they make more games. Hopefully. You'd want to hope so. You're right? And if, if, if they make more money, they can buy more studios. Mm. Look, in an ideal world, they'll make so much money... An ideal world. So much money that they will just buy Xbox, right? <laughs> I'm sure it's more likely the other way around. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> if anyone can buy anyone, it's definitely Microsoft buying not just PlayStation, but Sony as an entire entity, yeah. I actually, like, I know that Sony's doing really well, but I kind of get the, you know, they're only, like, a couple of fuck-ups away from, like, total disaster. Like, if they hadn't just had a stream PlayStation's doing well. Yeah, Sony not, not so much. Sony are not, I'd like, not doing terribly, I don't think, but I don't think they're doing amazing. I bought a Sony TV this year, first time. I really want that TV. Yeah, first time in like a decade though. <laughs> I'm not really, outside of PlayStation, I'm not really supporting that company. I, I really couldn't care any, I couldn't care less. No, I, I, I don't I, I got to so. play them first. At this point, I'm like, Sony just needs to protect themselves against the beast that is becoming Xbox and Microsoft. Let's be honest, there aren't yeah. even any fucking PS5 exclusives. They're all coming to PS4, so why not just port them to PC as well? I mean, Honestly, they got Horizon like three years later. Like, I okay. suppose, okay, I suppose that's an interesting little thing. Ghost of Tsushima's not even a year old, is it? Yeah, I just think that they, when they released... Horizon, that wasn't even on the radar for them to be doing PC ports. And now that they have and they've been relatively successful, they're going to find more opportunities to do that. Yeah, it started with Death Stranding and that came out of the fucking blue. Like, it just yeah, just happened. And so I think, like, now that they've done it a couple of times and it's feeling like it's a, a profitable thing to do, they will do it more and probably... Well, I was going to say more quickly and then I realised that sounded really <laughs> dumb. Uh, I'm going to jump into the next one. Ambitious open-world RPG Greedfall from developer Spiders is getting a native PS5 release this week. And you know what that means, Govinda? I'm going to download it. Alongside Don't. The... <laughs> Alongside the launch of the game's first major expansion. Players that own the game on PS4, and there are likely millions of you, as Greedfall was a recent PS Plus title, will be able to upgrade to the PS5 version for free and take advantage of the standard suite of 4K resolution, faster load times, and 60 FPS improvements. In addition, players can purchase the expansion, called The Devesper Conspiracy, 
which adds new quests, locations, gear, and enemies to the game. Greedfall released back in 2019 and received generally positive reviews and should appeal to fans of both The Witcher 3 and the Mass Effect trilogy. Did you happen to get this on PS Plus? I would like to say so. I'm usually pretty good at just like yeah. adding everything to my library when it comes. I was going to um, point this out to you because I don't know. It, I, I've, I've always wanted to kind of play this but never found the time. Why do I not understand what this game is? I'm trying to like just remember what it is because I, I fe- have this feeling that I saw it and I was like, this looks really cool and I never played it. It's So the yeah, the trick is it's a little bit Witcher 3 but it's also a little bit budget. It's definitely a double A game. Yeah, okay. I feel like I got it and I downloaded it and I didn't do anything else with it. But yeah. It does look budget from these photos that I'm looking at right now. I mean, it looks good. It's just not The Witcher 3. It, what, are they Are they pirates? Is this what I'm looking at? Like, what am I? Uh, it actually got, had a little bit of a controversy for that. It's more like a colonial RPG. Yeah, okay. I saw the hats and it... Oh, don't make play noise. I saw the hats and I instantly assumed that everyone was a pirate. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's more but is like... it also kind of like fantasy? Like I'm seeing oh, yeah. some weird creatures. Oh here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's kind of like um, I believe oh, I, I'm not actually sure where the developers are from, but I, I got a bit of a CD Project um vibe too with some of like the monsters design. Like maybe they're yeah. European. Yeah. Or... Well, look, I, if if I do have it, I will get. I will play it too. Yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to see just how it runs at the very least. Guerrilla Games, the Dutch studio behind the Killzone franchise and Horizon Zero Dawn, are currently hard at work on a sequel to the latter entitled Horizon Forbidden West. But again, if the conjecture is to be believed, they may also be working on something else entirely as well, and have been for the past three years now. This is all according to the LinkedIn profile of one Simon LaRouche, a veteran of the gaming industry for over 20 years. That profile has since been updated to show that LaRouche has been serving as a game director at Guerrilla since 2018, but of what exactly, we do not know as of yet. This corroborates previous reporting that Guerrilla currently has two projects in the works. Kale, I really like this. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's, again, something that's been whispered about for a while, and it makes sense that they would have two games in the works. That actually seems to be what Sony's first parties have been doing, which is interesting. They all found success in, on PS4. Obviously, Horizon was massive, so it makes sense that maybe they wanted to get the ball rolling on something else as well as a sequel. But yeah, I just I guess I don't really know what it could be. Could it be another Killzone game? Could I hope it be not. new? I hope so. Yeah, I do too. I think Killzone never did it, right? Killzone never hit the way they wanted it to, and I don't think it's worth reviving a game that really just didn't hit. Yeah. Like, I remember Killzone... Was it Killzone 3 that we played together because it was co-op? Yeah, maybe. I tried Shadowfall okay. once. It wasn't, wasn't for me. It didn't have the formula to be a massive, massive success, and I think Sony is probably not going to revive a franchise that never quite made it. They do you know? seem a little risk-adverse in that. <laughs> Chances are this is going to be a yeah. third-person action game of some description. <laughs> I'm, kind of, I'm kind of for it. I'm not even against them necessarily doing a first-person shooter, but I just don't think the Killzone world resonated enough with people f- for them to really care about it. And it's not like they were bad games, it's just they were not amazing. Yeah, I, I couldn't even tell you why I didn't like it. Like, they're just, I don't know, I don't care about the also- Hellgast. I also okay. kind of like. I kind of just don't care about single-player first-person shooters, really. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I actually like, there's a there's a fun update. I definitely bounced off uh, Metro Exodus this week. I tried to keep playing that, and I was like, no, nah, I can't be bothered. Yeah, and like not not completely off it because I played the campaign to Modern Warfare, and, and that was actually really fun. But I think I can't bring myself to pay a full AAA $120 pricing for a game that's eight hours long and that's about all I have for a first person shooter single player experience yeah any longer and it starts to get quite samey yeah it just feels like you're in a shooting gallery and it's not really super engaging so I I really hope it's not a first person shooter Mm. Um, what I would actually love if anyone was going to do a first person shooter is I want Insomniac to revive Resistance yeah okay 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 because Resistance the first Resistance game I played Probably like six times from start to finish. I remember that. That was a good time. And you were probably a part of a couple of them. Yeah. Um, really great just because it had a couch co-op mode where you literally just hit start and someone joins you. Um, never shows up in cutscenes. Like, you don't need to. Just make it a feature where I can play with someone. That's always fun. Yeah. And you don't have to say anything else and that's totally fine. Yeah. But look, I'm, I'm hyped because it does mean that if they have been working on this game for three years now, that it's actually probably not as far away as we would think it is. Yeah. And... Based on the rumors popping up now, and it 
I would hope that in the next state of play or whatever PlayStation does, that they will announce another Gorilla game, which would be so sick. You know what I'm really hoping? There's a lot of hopes riding on this uh, I was going to say, this whole episode is just on, <laughs> like, hearsay conjecture. And, and conjecture and rumours, so... Whispers. I don't know if we should change the title t- from the news we care about to <laughs> the rumours we care about, but that's what this feels like today. Look, it's one of those weeks where there's just not a lot going on. Uh, but what I was going to say was... At this event, this upcoming PlayStation event, that again is not confirmed, but everyone seems to believe is coming. <laughs> it's going to come at some point. They're going to do something. Can you believe that, what is it, a couple of years later, Horizon Zero Dawn, like there is no update patch. It's 30 FPS on PS5. I say this because I'd, yeah. I'd like to replay it before the next game comes out, which is supposed to be this year. I, but I, I would cannot, discourage you I from cannot, that. At, in this state, uh, I cannot play uh, it at 30 FPS. <laughs> No, I, I would discourage you from playing it again. Like, no, it's too much. Is it too I much? Fe- oh. Yeah, I f- honestly, I wish I had a better story for this because I don't even remember what game it was, but I think there was just a game that was coming out once, and so I played the, the game, like, the first in the series right before it came out, mm. and then when it came out, I was so over that sort of game that I just didn't play the sequel. That, that, is, a, that is a fear. So, like, I think if you want to replay a game, you need to do it, like, a year away from the other one releasing to give yourself enough time to be, like, ready to do it again. That's just a personal thing. I know you can maybe do whatever you want. Fuck. I got no life. Let's be honest. That, that is so true. All I do is spend my days trying to stop my dog from humping my pillow. Um, but, it, look, this gives me hope, Kale, that PlayStation <laughs> is not dead and that this podcast will have a future. <laughs> Some legs to stand on. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. Let's just get straight into the feature of the week this week. Uh, We actually have two features this week. They kind of piggyback on one another, and the first one is written by Eric Switzer from thegamer.com, titled, The Sniper Ghost Warrior press event made me pretend to kill Arabs, and I hated it. So essentially what happened here is Eric was invited to a press event for Sniper Ghost Warrior. Uh, He wasn't told what was going to happen at the press event. It was actually relatively secret there was just one section where he says they asked him to wear pants with a belt loop and that was about all he knew about what he was getting into and when he gets there he's in like a military training facility i guess that was made out of an old hollywood studio like Mm. old hollywood set and it was very much like mud huts and there's a point where he starts talking about uh having meat hanging from hooks with like a rotting pig head on a table and just this kind of uh stereotypical portrayal of the Middle East, I guess. And the, what I wanted to cl- you to clarify, if you can, he also says there's a flag that says Trump 2024, the revenge tour, flying on the main building. What does that mean? And It means they're pro-Trump and they are hoping that in 2024 he runs again. <laughs> no, what I mean is, is the, is the assumption that the, the so-called terrorists are flying that flag? No, it's the training facility. There's also oh, a bit in there where okay, he says... Okay, okay. He says they very clearly told us that no one will be wearing masks okay, in a yeah. pandemic. Yeah. So it's obviously like obvious, a very right-wing facility, mm. but I'm not super surprised by that because they are going to do like military operations. Uh, they learn how to like clear streets and clear rooms and they at some point use... These are all like fake guns. Not fake, actually. I think yeah, they said they're think... M4s that have been converted to be kind of like airsoft guns. Yeah. You know, so it's essentially, um, well, the company advertises it as extreme military counterterrorism training. It's like a, a SWAT deal. You're cleaning, clearing rooms. In my imagination, that would be like little pop-up target guys would appear in buildings. But no, they had uh, live, live action reenactors, let's say. So his assumption which he says is sort of an assumption, I think. he, I think he even says the words, I think, um, is that the people dressed in, like, the Arab garb... I believe it's a kefir. White robes and kefir. Yeah. He, his assumption is they're all white, because that, or he would be shocked to know that there is someone from the Middle East who is subjecting themselves to this. <laughs> which is an understandable And it's thought. funny, because I had to think to myself, what would be worse? It's not great either way. It's not a good look, buddy. It's certainly not today. It's not a great look. But that's that's a lot of things, right? Like if you if you talk about today, <laughs> like you go back and to watch like those those old Disney movies. No one thought twice about a lot of things in those movies back in the day. Did you ever see Dumbo? I actually haven't. But do you mean the crows? Yeah, I know about the crows. And like I saw that as a child. I didn't think twice about that. No, you have no idea what it means. Today you're like, oh no, uh, Jim Crow. <laughs> yeah, it's a. Uh... 
Okay, so this piece came out, and um, we don't really get to see behind the closed doors of these events too often, so it's interesting to hear about this situation. Um, Eric sort of talks about, you know, the, the group he was with, it was sort of like a mixed reception. Like, obviously, companies want you to be hyped for their game, so, like, this could be cool. This could be a cool experience, like, if it had kind of gone off a little differently. So, another thing that's super important to know is that the developer couldn't make it. <clears throat> no. They're, they're, they're Polish, and due to COVID and flight restrictions, they actually couldn't make it to their own event. Yeah. Uh, the, a few weird things on the event is that at no point did they play the game. No, there's a bank of PCs, but no time to play it. There was no scheduled time to play it, and the game had already come out. Yes, important to A know. day before the event, the game had already released, so it seemed a little bit out of the ordinary to have a press event after the game has been released, without the developer there, and not having any actual time to play it. Eric does mention that he's had review code for about a week already, so he's like, basically, you know, that's enough time to have a review for a game like this. Um, so this is essentially set dressing. <laughs> uh, and I suppose there is, like... To be fair, there's, like, a few little things you can consider here. Like, like, why go? You've got everything you need to review the game. Sure, this is a cool experience, but I don't know. This is always, like, sort of the push and pull with PR events anyway. There's, like, this strange incentive. Like, what does this add to the game's review <laughs> for you to go to this I, thing? <laughs> I don't think it's super clear if he knew the developer wasn't going to be there. Yeah, that's fair. That is Because I think if the developer's there, you can at least like ask questions and get like some more insight into development and the game itself and the, the thoughts behind it, I guess. Which maybe is going to make it more worthwhile than just going to a random event after a game's already been released. It's just so strange for like a game this size too, where like your biggest bump is launch day. So that means reviews weren't published before launch day or anything. Like, so even like for a website like The Gamer, like that means reduced traffic. People aren't as interested in reviews after a game is out. That's just yeah, how it that's goes. Fair. I wonder if I, I don't have the info, but I wonder if the embargo was up before release. Yeah, because then they might still have a little bit of leeway, or maybe it was to you could do another article about it down the line to link to your review or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, but it is probably worth mentioning also that uh, CI Games, the Polish developer, did issue an apology for the event. Uh, actually, directly um, in response to this article, too. Um, I believe so, yeah. They yeah. they saw the Twitter article, like the, the link on Twitter, and then linked their apology screenshot. I don't know what it is. But the interesting part of the apology, it is your boilerplate apology. Uh, <laughs> they actually asked for the, the enemy's outfits to be changed to more represent what's in the game. Uh, and they were informed that in order to preserve the authenticity of the training event, the request was declined. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Which is an instant red flag, and I think, <laughs> should I work on the CI, CI Games PR team or marketing team, that might have been a bit of a red flag. Yeah, you're like, so wait, this isn't going to look like our game at all? <laughs> this is going to be... What is, like, that for me is a, a sign to be like, what is it going to look like? Can you tell me a little bit more? Do you have videos of your training events that have ever happened in the past? Like, yeah, there's... I'm concerned now. There's Can a lot I of questions. Can see some photos of your facility? Any flags that may or may not be flying above it? All important. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why this is the feature of the week, because this article spawned so much conversation. You know, like this is a... Uh, and again, this is not the norm. This, <laughs> this doesn't happen all the time. At least... No, I think we'd hear about it more. Yeah, this um, is right. But there's another article, isn't there? And that's right, yeah. So, in response to Eric Switzer's piece, um, Eric Kane uh, of Forbes, who uh, he was actually writing for his Substack. This didn't go up on Forbes or anything, but... Like uh, a personal blog. Yeah. Of. And so, he kind of took a different stance. His article is entitled, Video Game Press Event Goes Bad, Video Game Journalist Cries Racism. Which is a different tact. Well, uh, <laughs> Definitely a different angle. Yeah. And you can perhaps see where this is going. Although, I don't necessarily disagree with some of Eric Kane's points. He takes the position that Eric Switzer and his editor, I presume, had kind of targeted a specific aspect of the story and not really focused on another aspect. The title of Eric Switzer's piece specifically highlights the killing of Arabs and how that made him feel, which is fair. This is, you know, an opinion piece, but it's kind of loses sight of what the main issue here is, which is that this is a f massive fuck up by this PR company. And it's not, this is where it gets a bit dicey, it's not necessarily racist to depict that kind of insurgent 
Because uh, this actually made me think a lot about what that means. Enemies, bad guys. Uh, Eric Switzer talks about they never specifically uh, referenced these people as being Middle Eastern. He just called them the bad guys, the enemies, you know, the foe, if you will. But they were. They were, yeah. But I think it's important to remember that we're Westerners, Govinda, you and I, and presumably Eric, both Eric's, <laughs> they're American. We've been at war in the Middle East for 20 years. When people think of, you know, and that's not an indictment on that, you know, obviously that's a colossal fuck up. <laughs> I do not support that war. But enemies change what they look like. You know, in my grandfather's day, enemies wore swastikas, you know, they were the Japanese. Like these things can change and it's not necessarily racist to depict your nation's enemies, if that makes sense. Do you see where I'm going yeah, with that? Yeah, I'd... I, to an extent, I understand what you're talking about. Mm. There's a there's a point in uh, the other Eric's article. <laughs> Eric Kane. Eric Kane's article, uh, where he's, he's kind of more saying, like, look, in, in video games, we always kill Arabs, we kill Nazis, we kill Americans, we, we kill, like, monsters and goblins and cowboys and ghouls and spacemen, like... Mm. We kill a lot in video games, and so I think what he really sums up is, like, you shouldn't have a problem with the killing of Arabs... You should just have a problem with the killing. Yeah, that's right. That I think that's the nuance like that is missed. If would it have been better if they were Nazis? Or Vietnamese, like you or know Or Vietnamese or Chinese or like Americans? Yeah. It it shouldn't be focused on the race. It should just be focused on the act. But if you also have that problem, it's not like you've picked up a game like Call of Duty and uh, instantly like you can't play it because you're in the Middle East. You've played yeah. it and you've done that. So that's that's kind of his take on it, which I understand to an extent. But I also understand being physically in a location where it doesn't feel good. Oh, yeah. And actually, like you can be there and feel super uncomfortable about what it is. And it could might not be necessarily just because people are dressed up in like Arab attire. It could also just be that the people that are training you are obviously a certain sort of person. Well, there's that as well. And uh, again, that's going to instantly make you feel not comfortable. And yep. then you're now in an environment that doesn't feel good. And there are all kinds of pressures there. Like, you know, Eric Switzer could have at any moment left. But there's also the pressure of like, well, you're here to do a job. Like, And he didn't, he, he says as well, like he doesn't really know what's going on until they get quiet into the day. I did want to uh, point out in Eric Kane's piece, by the way, we've got a real Catherine situation going on. Eric with a real C. Real battle of the Eric's. Eric with a K. That this is the kind of event that could have really triggered someone with PTSD. Imagine you're a veteran of the Middle East and you go... Yeah. You go to this kind of event, like, that's hectic. That could have gone, yeah, really badly. It sounds to me like it's an event that should have been cancelled. Yeah. And just wasn't. And it's, I'm going to look at CI games for that one. <laughs> it's just amazing how this kind of escalated. So, you know, uh, Eric Switzer posts his piece. Um, Eric Kane writes his rebuttal. CI games issues an apology. Like, And of course, it was like a who's who of everyone on Twitter weighing in and having a take. And I suppose we're doing the same thing. But <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty complex situation. But I think it will certainly make... Uh, PR companies think twice in the future. Maybe let's uh, not be so targeted, or at least be more like, open about it if you're going to, I think. I just don't understand why they have to be dressed up as anything. Well, again, I think that's where this did make me think a little deeper. Like, you know, we've got like Civil War reenactors. You need them to be dressed up for that to be believable, I suppose. A reenactment is a reenactment. You're mm. reenacting something, so yes, they do need to be dressed up. Training is not that. Training is training. Yeah. You don't need them to look a specific way to learn the skills you need to learn. But so, they want you to be look, I think Govinda. <laughs> I think that there was a lot of red flags here. Could have easily been avoided. Mm. Uh, I think this should never... The, the event just shouldn't have gone forward. I don't know why a company who can't even attend their own press event would have a press event. It does seem to be, like, for as much as this training facility is, it seems quite gross, they haven't necessarily done anything wrong. They've, they were like, no, we're not changing it. If you're going exactly. with us, like, you're doing what we what are. who we are. Like, this is what we do. This is who we are. I, I, don't, I guess we don't know the extent to which someone researched this facility before they agreed to use them. Yeah. Uh, but I, I honestly just think the craziest part is that they weren't even there. It just, it feels like for me, if I had a company and I was running it and I was doing a press event and then all of a sudden I couldn't be at the press event to control what was happening, yeah, I wouldn't have the press event. These games sell really well, but like, yeah, this it wasn't exactly Battlefield 2042. Like, 
but who knows? Like, maybe a lot of planning. Well, <laughs> no, clearly not a lot of planning had gone into this. Obviously, someone planned something. Yeah, yeah. They just didn't. They just didn't unplan it when they should have. And who knows? Maybe that's like a. There could be a language gap. There could be anything. Like, are we assuming this Polish marketer is perfectly fluent in English and understands? If you've read the, the apology letter, that's the assumption that I think you can make. Yes. Okay. Or someone there's a, someone on that team <laughs> fluent enough to write a perfectly succinct and grammatically correct apology letter. Look, it's a it's a fun story. I'm blaming the developer. I'm saying it. <laughs> That's my take on this, everyone. I See can... our game's really fucked up on this one. I'll I'll just throw I'll just throw blows in every direction. I think every party in this story <laughs> could have made different decisions. Eric Switzer <laughs> could have left. We could have made different decisions too. Yeah. We didn't even need to cover this at all. <laughs> Eric Switzer could have left. Eric Kane didn't need to pointedly cry racism in his headline. CI Games could have called off the event and the training company could have put people in just stereotypical outfits. Oh, not stereotypical outfits. Oh, Nondescript. <laughs> Nondescript. Nondescript. Generic. Blank face. Well, look, I think like, we've done this one to dust, don't you think? I think we have as well. <laughs> All right, let's round this out, Govinda. Where can people find us? Twitter, Instagram, at longlivepod. Follow us there. Like the things we post. Also, if you feel like giving us a review on iTunes, iTunes, podcast, iTunes, review us mm. wherever you can. If there's a way to review it, do it. Yeah, still a few more trickling in. It uh, makes me feel good about myself every time. We just do this for the ego boosts and the self-esteem boosts. We really <laughs> need them, please. I'm at rock bottom, guys. <laughs> really on the edge here. Really on the edge. All right, until next time. Talk to you later.